In the Phase two ladder study, researchers concluded that the port delivery system with ranibizumab, also known as the PDS, was well tolerated in patients with wet AMD, and that patients who received the highest dose had similar outcomes to patients who received monthly injections of ranibizumab. But what does the larger Phase three archway data tell us? I'm Greg Notstein, that's Scott Kriswanis, and this is New Retina Radio from Retina Today and Bryn Mawr Communications. New Retina Radio spoke with Dr. Nancy Holkamp about her lecture at this year's AAO annual meeting. She presented a primary analysis of the Phase three Archway trial. What information can we glean from this analysis, and does it get patients any closer to reduced treatment burden? Stick with us to find out. Treatment burden for wet AMD is a top barrier to adherence for real-world patients, and innovators are turning to new molecules and devices to address it. One such innovation, the port delivery system with ranibizumab, also known as the PDS, is under investigation in the Phase three Archway trial, data from which was shared at this year's AAO annual meeting. We invited Dr. Nancy Holkamp to discuss with us, on behalf of the study investigators, a primary analysis of the results of the Archway trial. Dr. Holkamp is Director of Retina Services at the Pepos Vision Institute in St. Louis. She is also a Professor of Clinical Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. Dr. Holkamp, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Let's start at the top. Can you reacquaint the audience with the port delivery system with ranibizumab, also known as the PDS? Sure. Well, it's a new strategy for treating our patients with wet macular degeneration. It is an innovative investigational drug delivery system that will offer continuous intravitreal delivery of a customized formulation of ranibizumab. So it's not exactly ranibizumab, but it's ranibizumab that has been formulated in a slightly different way to go inside this port delivery system. So it's a permanent refillable intraocular implant. And this is implanted surgically, correct? Correct. So the surgical implantation uh, takes place in the operating room, and it is inserted through a 3.5 millimeter incision in the pars plana. Um, I tell patients that when they have cataract surgery, they get an intraocular lens implant. And for my wet AMD patients who have been in the archway clinical trial, I say they're getting a drug delivery implant. Similar, but different. Now, importantly, this uh, port delivery system requires um, refilling about every six months, and those take place in the clinic with what we call a refill exchange procedure. Um, It's not really an intravitreal injection. It's a little bit more involved, takes a little bit more time, takes a little bit more attention to detail and technique. The Phase three Archway study compared the PDS with monthly ranibizumab in patients with wet AMD. Can you outline the study design for us? I'd be happy to. So in the Archway clinical trial, 360 patients were randomized three to two to the port delivery system or monthly ranibizumab injections. 
And as I just mentioned, the PDS was refilled every 24 weeks or approximately every six months with an in-office procedure. The primary endpoint of this study was a combination, was the average of weeks 36 and 40, looking at uh, change in best corrected visual acuity from baseline. But the final visit is at week 96, so it's really an almost two-year study. So the primary objective of the Archway clinical trial was to evaluate non-inferiority of the port delivery system versus monthly ranibizumab. But if non-inferiority was met, it was also powered to look at equivalence between the two arms of the clinical trial. And again, the primary endpoint is change in best corrected visual acuity, which is averaged over two visits, the week 36 and the week 40 visit. Was there a therapy option for patients who were in the PDS arm who might not have been responding to therapy? Yes, there was. And in fact, patients could receive supplemental intravitreal ranibizumab if they met protocol-specified wet macular degeneration disease activity criteria. So there was supplemental treatment that could be given if patients might not be responding to the PDS um, device. And before we get to the results, we have to ask, because this is the fourth quarter of 2020, did the COVID-19 pandemic have any effect on the trial? No, not really. Um, 98% of the patients were retained through week 40, which was the primary endpoint. Okay, then let's get to the good part. Tell us what the investigators found in Archway. Well, we found that therapy with the port delivery system was both non-inferior and equivalent to monthly ranibizumab therapy when measured at that primary endpoint, which was, again, the mean change in best corrected visual acuity from baseline to weeks 36 and 40. So just to show you how close these results were, in the PDS group, the mean change was plus 0.2 letters from baseline. In the monthly ranibizumab group, the mean change was plus 0.5 letters from baseline. So there was a difference of less than a letter. It's 0.3 letters. Now, I have to tell you that that was the visual acuity result at week 36 and 40, but there was a slight dip in best corrected visual acuity at week four in the PDS group, and that's attributed to a surgical procedure, but that uh, vision drop was resolved generally by week eight. The other good news is that this is a maintenance therapy, and the percentage of patients with 2040 vision was um, equivalent in each of the two groups, either the PDS arm or the monthly ranibizumab arm. Okay, got it. So function was largely similar. What about anatomy? Well, we looked at change in center point thickness from baseline, and we found it to be similar between the two groups. And just to give you an idea of how similar it was, in the PDS group, it was plus 5.4 5.4 microns at week 36. In the monthly ranibizumab group, it was plus 2.6 microns. So again, we have roughly a three micron difference in between the two arms at week 36. You mentioned rescue therapy for patients in the PDS group. How many patients in the PDS group required that supplemental injection? Actually, very few. Of the 248 patients who actually received the port delivery system. Six dropped out before the first device refill at week 24. So that left 
242 patients who made it to week 24, and only four of those 242 patients required supplemental treatment, and that amounts to about 1.6% of patients. Function is similar, anatomy is similar, but we have to think about the patients. What did the patients think? Well, it's important to remember that the patients who received the port delivery system actually had, on average, five anti-VEGF injections before having surgery with the PDS. So they have a very good basis for comparing the two treatments. And in a survey of 234 patients in the PDS group, 93% preferred the PDS to monthly injections. 6% had no opinion, didn't care either way, and 1% actually preferred monthly injections. But of those who preferred the PDS, the top reasons were fewer treatments, less discomfort, and less worry about the injection itself. Always looking at safety in these studies, was there anything to note in the PDS group? When you introduce a surgical procedure to management of a disease that has uh, really been um, treated with in-office intravitreal injections, we're going to have uh, new potential safety concerns. Um, The Archway study was actually very helpful. Um, The number one adverse event listed or noted was what we call conjunctival bleb formation. There were 16 cases. All were considered non-serious. Let me just explain this a little because it's kind of a new uh, adverse event. This is where the conjunctival was very thick over the device, or there actually might be a little bit of a bleb forming, um, but none of them required surgical intervention. Again, because it's a surgical procedure, there were 13 cases of vitreous hemorrhage, but all of them resolved spontaneously. None of them required a vitrectomy surgery. When we think of um, adverse events that are potentially harmful to patients, there were 11 cases of either conjunctival erosion or conjunctival retraction. Um, That means the Conjunctiva or the TNS that we put over the device was actually eroding away or retracting and exposing the implant. Nine of these 11 cases were addressed with an additional surgical procedure. It was usually a flap revision or covering the phalange uh, or the implant with partial thickness cornea. Now, those cases are important because there were four cases of endophthalmitis for a rate of 1.6%, but three of the four occurred where there was conjunctival erosion or conjunctival retraction. This is all great data. It's certainly important. What could it mean for the real world patient? Well, we know that in the real world, people are being undertreated. Um, and I like to think of the port delivery system as one treatment prevents undertreatment. Um, We also know that the reason people are getting undertreated is to come back frequently for injections is a real burden, not only for the patients, but their caregivers. And so we're lowering that real world treatment burden. And I I think that's really accurate for what the port delivery system offers. I think it also has a favorable uh, risk benefit profile. I I just mentioned the rate of endophthalmitis was 1.6%. It's very easy for ophthalmologists and retina specialists to wrap our minds around an endophthalmitis rate of 1.6%, and we could compare it to an injection rate that's less than 1%. But what's harder is for us to wrap our minds around um, vision loss due to undertreatment. 
which we know is happening. And I really think that that's the comparison. How much vision can we potentially protect by decreasing the rate of undertreatment and decreasing the treatment burden? And um, finally, if regulatory approval is achieved, I think the survey of patients um, who preferred the port delivery system over injections means that it's really uh, a positive, positive advantage for patients. Dr. Holkamp, thank you for your insights. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to share them. That's all from us for this episode of New Retina Radio. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Also, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way your fellow clinicians can catch up on the latest breaking news. 